Welcome to the Pokes Cast. I'm Ryan Thorburn, the beat writer for the Casper Star Tribune, covering the Wyoming Athletic Department. And getting set for Wyoming's home game this weekend against Northern Colorado, the Bears from Greeley. And I am so pleased to be joined right now by Blake Olson, the play-by-play guy for the Bears. Blake and I have known each other for a long time because we used to cover the Broncos back in the early 2000s. And uh, that means you've known Ed McCaffrey for a long time. What Congratulations, first of all, on uh, being the Bears play-by-play guy and what's it been like so far, one game in. Well, first of all, you haven't changed a bit. You look the same. And I look, uh, you know, about 50 pounds heavier and about 50 years older than I did when when we used to watch Bronco practices. So congratulations to you, Ryan. I don't know if it's that good living or or what it is or running around covering the Cowboys, but it's been uh, it's been awesome. I mean, it's funny because <laughs> Coach McCaffrey is is a lot like he was as a player. And you remember his mannerisms and how his body language was during practice. Um, he's a very intense guy. At the same time, he understands young people and uh, student athletes. Uh, and and to me, he, you know, at times he, he feels like an old school coach, but at the, at the same time, he feels like he's a 24 year old out there sometime, you know, sometimes. So, I, it's been a joy for me, Ryan. I have been able to watch every practice with the exception of maybe two. Uh, we had a couple of lightning delays. And, of course, northern Colorado doesn't have the indoor facility like Wyoming does. So, you know, in situations like that, it's it's back to old school. It's a lot like, you know, when – High school football practice gets canceled and you go into the gymnasium, you do a walkthrough and they try to make it, you know, as productive as possible. So um, I, I think this coaching staff is outstanding with Max McCaffrey as the offensive coordinator. He's really learned, uh, you know, the job and the role. There was a lot of pressure on him last year. Uh, but I'll tell you what, these guys, you know, they coach a lot of positions in FCS. It's a little different, and um, they everybody has to contribute, and that goes from top to bottom. Whether you're a player, or a coach, or a manager, or the trainer. So for me, it's been a joy. Well, that's awesome that you get to watch practice because Craig Bowl is not letting us watch practice. And I told him, <laughs> I told him the story when I got first got back here and started covering him that. Uh, Blake Olson and myself, you know, Mike Shanahan used to let us watch Denver Broncos practice <laughs> as long as we didn't, as long as we didn't spill the beans on what was going on in there. And, you know, it, it it's funny because it's a double-edged sword, right? For journalists, because on one hand, you know, yes. everything, or, you know, more than the average fan, obviously, if you get to watch practice and you get to, yeah. you know, more than the other reporters, but at the same time. You can't report it. And while we're in there watching Broncos practice for two and a half hours, Adam Schefter and those guys are breaking all the news and getting their work done. But uh, those were fun <laughs> days watching those practices, weren't they? Oh, it was the greatest. Now, I, I think we were there together. I just remember two straight years seeing every practice, every snap. And, and you're right. So 
so the viewers know or the listeners know, Ryan, what, what Coach uh, Shanahan would do is, listen, you have that period for 10 minutes where the media can, can watch practice. And then if you were willing to stand out there for another two hours and 50, uh, 15 minutes and not have your cell phone on, right, and not have any other distractions, you could stay out there and watch. However, as you mentioned, everything is off the record, everything. So um, the best story that I have was Brian Greasy enters uh, that season following John Elway's retirement, and he was over, he was on four going into the Raiders game. Now, I- I'm trying to remember most of this if I can, <laughs> but Bubby Brister, after four losses – Bobby Brister was set to start for the Broncos and he was the he was the locker room favorite right because he helped the Broncos in in both those Super Bowl runs especially in that second one and the locker room wanted Bobby they went with Brian Greasy and here we are the city is just going crazy but you know uh now it's time for Bobby to start we go out to Wednesday practice and I'm looking and I'm going, oh, my goodness, I cannot believe this. Bubby is supposed to start, and he's holding his ribs or his elbow, and he didn't throw it all. He didn't get any grabs. And then so after practice, the 30 or so media people come out to, to talk to Coach Shanahan, and they talk. They don't say anything. Of course, I can't say anything. I want to say, hey, Coach, uh Bubby's supposed to start, but he looks like he can't even stand up. So after the scrum leaves, I said to Coach Shanahan, I said, hey, Coach, I I mean, I saw Bubby. What? Well, how do you want me to handle this? I mean, I, I won't say anything, you know, because it's off the record. And he goes, okay. And he calls all the media back, and he says, listen, it's a privilege to be here at practice. Um, Bubby is injured. And we're not going to disclose anything. And we expect you not to say anything or else you're not coming back to, to Dove Valley. So we went all week, the media, for the most part. And everybody's expecting Bubby to start. Brian Greasy starts and he wins the game. And NFL goes crazy because they did not disclose the, the injury. They were, uh, the Broncos were fined, and that's where it all started. Now, I can't remember, Ryan, if you were there at that time. I just remember that. I may have gotten some of the facts wrong. Yeah, but generally I, speaking, that's what happened. I started covering the beat in 2000, so that was after that. But I think a couple of years, me and you were the only ones that put ourselves no doubt. every day. Just <laughs> but I, but I loved it though. I mean, come on, you're you're watching the Hall of Famers, yeah. and and you know, uh, what what's funny, Ryan, is Mike McDaniel. I did a story on him. He that was the first TV story ever done. He was in high school and he lost a hat at UNC at training camp. He was from Greeley. He was uh, had a single mother. Uh, he fall uh, uh, the. Long story. Anyway, he he uh, he becomes a family member of the of the Broncos film guy, and here we are, whatever twenty two years later, and he's the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. I used to watch him, you know, as a ball boy at Broncos uh, practice. You know, every, you know, from the trainers to the to the medical personnel. His story is fascinating. I would have never known 
his story or understood the greatness of it had I not been at practice uh, during, you know, during those days. So I digress. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> just to uh, move it along to the, to the bears, just, you know, obviously Shanahan was a great, brilliant football mind. Um, and Ed McCaffrey is a smart guy himself. He played at Stanford, obviously. Are there any things, things about Shanahan that rubbed off on Ed or is he his own guy or what's his style like? Well, number one, that's this is great, Ryan. You'll love this. To me, I see at practice, it's a very similar practice. I mean, you're not doing conditioning at the end. I'm sure all teams do this now, but you, number one, offensively, defensively, you got to finish out the plays. You know, say a running back, they they run a rep, and and they're finishing out, they're sprinting out their play an additional twenty or thirty yards, and they're getting conditioning in the practice. Shanahan was notorious for that. The tempo and the rhythm, to me, are the same. Are, are virtually the same. The periods are very similar, um, and uh, you know, I I see a lot of similarities uh, in Shanahan with with the way uh, you know Coach McCaffrey runs daily practices. You mentioned there was pressure on Max last year as a young OC before his dad, and now. You know, obviously, Dylan is the quarterback, Dylan McCaffrey, who was a stud high school player, went to Michigan. What is that triumvirate of McCaffrey's like? I mean, they, you know, the Bears had over 500 yards passing. I know Dylan was right. Jacob Sermon, another four-star recruit comes in. I mean, they, they're in good shape at quarterback. I, I agree with you. That is a great point. Now, the problem is, you know, with any football team, you need protection. Mm -hmm. The uh, the Bears were dealing with adversity in game one without their center, uh, Glenn Bernard Jr., uh, a, a leader and just a really good offensive lineman and center. And, and I, I think that affected them a lot. Uh, but I don't know how they do it, Ryan, honestly. I don't know how Max and Dylan and Coach McCaffrey don't go home and just talk for like seven hours. Maybe they do. And, and talk for like seven hours after practice. How do they get any sleep? You know, Lisa probably gets in on it as well. But, I mean um, – it, it it works well. It really does. And Max is very critical of Dylan, and Dylan is very critical of himself. They're tough on each other, just like you would be with your brother or sister at home. Um, you know, they just want to win. I think it works well. I think Max has a creative mind, you know, and he's seen it all in the NFL as well. I think he'll, he'll end up being a great coordinator before it's all said and done. And you can't argue with the production that they had on Saturday and, and sermon, by the way, sermon has got a great arm, uh, very confident back there. Um, he'll sling it. He's, he's fun to watch. You know, um, Dylan is a big guy. They're both big guys. Yeah. I mean, six, five, six, five. Big. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you look at their legs and, and you're like, my goodness. I mean, they, they got legs of fullbacks, really, when you when you look at it. Now, you don't want them running around too much back there uh, because that's when, you know, that's when you get your quarterback injured and then you don't see him for a while. But, um, you know, Dylan ran the ball a lot in high school. I covered him when he was at Valor and, and uh, you know, he ran a lot of option or double option, if you will. Um, and, and, and kept the ball. He, he's not afraid to take a, a hit, although in college football, you you know, you don't want to see that a lot with your quarterback. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, I covered some great uh, Oregon-Stanford games with Christian. He's obviously 
you're uh, the freakiest of them all in Weston <laughs> County. Right. They say Lisa was the best at Stadley, but did Ed make Lisa <laughs> move to Greeley or do they commute? Uh, no, they live in Greeley. So, okay. yeah, they've embraced they've embraced uh, the town. So, uh, I don't know who made who move, but uh, I mean, they're very, very happy in Greeley. It makes things a lot easier. Um, obviously, I mean, as much time as you spend in the office and I don't, you know, I don't think, uh, Ed has a window in his office that he can open. Uh, but it probably, he probably feels trapped in there a lot, like a lot of coaches do, but he spends all of his time, you know, on campus and uh, cl- probably five minutes away from, from campus. And they seem really happy, you know, to be a part of the community and the school. And they just have to win football games now. Another uh, cool connection to this game is uh, J.J. Raderink, uh, the Skyline High School star from Longmont, goes to Wyoming, backs up the Bramlets, has a big play in the Las Vegas Bowl when they beat right. L.A. Now he's uh, – He's McCaffrey's quarterbacks coach, and I don't even know if a lot of Wyoming people know that he had a 12-year career in the Arena Football League and was kind of a star right. in the Arena he Football was. League after being a backup at Wyoming. Uh, kind of a cool guy uh, in charge of these quarterbacks. It's so funny, Ryan, that, that you mentioned J.J. because I just talked to him a couple hours ago after practice and I asked him the same thing that you had just talked about his memories of war memorial and and the school he has fond memories of course and you know he's a he's a great personality he really is he's sharp I think he's he's an excellent quarterback coach because he understands personalities he understands the room he understands that he, it doesn't matter if you're the red shirt quarterback or the starting quarterback they're quarterbacks. So you you really need to understand uh their personalities. And it's it's still it's a team within a team. He respects each and every one of them, and he takes uh, uh, you know a lot of uh he, he a lot of attention to detail on the recruiting in the type of guy he wants in the room. And I, I'm blown away by him. I really am. Um he's a Rhodes Scholar. And I, we grew up in the same town. So he went to high school two blocks away from where I grew up. And, um, a, a, a lady who was kind of like my second mom, my mom's best friend growing up and my head coach's wife is, is one of his favorite teachers of all time. Her, her, uh, husband who has since passed played running back for UNC. And he just, he, he, he really, uh, appreciates educators teachers and you can see that on the football field with these quarterbacks uh and their and how they approach each game he can't believe the talent that he has and he and he's so impressed with how they handle each other um so it's going to be fun he's excited about going back to Laramie and seeing every everyone and and the faces uh that he grew to to love as a cowboy uh but yeah I'm happy for him and I think he is an outstanding coach I, I really do yeah, and I think, uh, you know, obviously Wyoming had that shootout with Tulsa double overtime, 40-37. Their yeah. secondary is a work in progress. You know, they were hit hard in the portal in that area. So I think that's going to be a fun matchup because I think the Bears are going to be able to sling it a little bit on the Cowboys. 
Yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, if you're if you're rushing three, uh, like we saw with Houston Baptist, I get it. It's HBU. They didn't they didn't win a game last year. However, all those guys got a year under their belts and they got some some nice transfers in. But uh, when they brought three and they you know they sat eight back there, Sermon was able to to make some hay, and uh, that was that was impressive. I mean, both these guys, you know, are. are they're extremely confident. They feel good about themselves. But then Wyoming has an outstanding quarterback, too. I mean, this guy was incredible to watch over the weekend. And I'm glad he's found a home as well. But, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, I it's obviously UNC knows they're the big underdog in this game. However, this is, uh, you know, this is huge for them. If they're going to pull off an upset, this would be the one to do it. Yeah, and you mentioned Andrew Peasley. Obviously, uh, he took a lot of crap for the Illinois game. You know, even in the Star Tribune, there were some adjectives that weren't too flattering about that performance. And and Craig Bull got a little teary-eyed after the game against Tulsa that, you know, the way Peasley fought back and and the coach wanted to be yeah, I heard that. him. Um, so how do you see that matchup with UNC's defense? What are they working on defensively this week? Well, I mean, they just they respect him, but you know, week one was what you expect to see in week one. I mean, UNC a lot of times, unfortunately, the the alignments and the communication on defense, and that's what hurt UNC more than anything else. I, I, more, you know, simple tackling, fundamentals, tackling, angles. Uh, on defense and then knowing your assignment and and uh if you know if the opposition uh calls the right play and whatever you're aligned and you, and you may not be sure of your assignment then it's going to cause some problems and that's exactly what happened with UNC probably three times they were just huge plays just killers you know that you wouldn't expect to see maybe in the third or fourth week of the of the season when you have two fcs teams playing each other but uh you know and that's to be expected there's 49 new faces on unc's team there's 17 fbs transfers uh they you know sure they may be fbs transfers but they're still starting to you know come together and gel together we say i know it's cliche and all that but it's true but they've had their off season and their conditioning and their spring football and, and the fall camp. And I know they were disappointed in themselves. There's no question about that. Um, but I feel like from what I, you know, from what I gather, uh, I practice, you know, they're working hard and they're just going to, they're just going to let it all uh, unfold on, on Saturday. All right. Well, before I get you out of here, I want to mention that uh, one more topic, uh, Muma time. Um, last time, <laughs> the last time I saw you was at the Muma House when uh, Chad was getting drafted on draft night. Um, you know them oh. as well. They're a great family. That was really a memorable thing to cover to see the, their faces uh, when that finally happened uh, in the right. third round there. Now, I thought he was a second rounder, but um, I don't think he I agree. I don't think he cared. And, you know, if he ain't anything like Logan Wilson – you know, he'll play like a first rounder. So um, that was a fun night. Just tell the the listeners just quickly how you know Mumas so well. Uh, well, my best friend of 40 years, that's Chad's uncle. And um, his grandfather, who is my best friend's father, came from Lawrence, Massachusetts as a running back uh, in the 60s. 
to the University of Wyoming, Rick Damaris. So we always give him a hard time growing up. We call him Coach Damaris because he coached at Boulder. Um, and Coach, we'd always give him a hard time because they called him the flying Frenchman up in, up in Laramie. So uh, he, he he always reminds us, ah, that was a long time ago, you guys. Stop saying that. Yeah, you know. But uh, I love Rick Damaris. So his grandson, of course, uh, Chad Muma, um, uh, you know, one of the best young men I've ever known. They were our neighbors in Lone Tree uh, for a long time, for five or six years. And the first time, my first memory of Chad uh, was probably when he was six or seven years old. We were over at uh, Ty's house, his father, of course, who played for Wyoming. And Ty and my best friend Greg were all joking around. And Chad comes up and he and, and I'm sitting there and he goes, hey, Blake, do you want to see my helmets? And I was like, heck yeah, I want to see your helmets. So he took me back to his room so I could see his, his uh, Parker Hawks helmet. He had like two or three of them. And, and, and I'm thinking to myself, man, I don't know, Ty. I mean, the skinny one, I don't know if he's going to be a football player. Now, Mark, his older brother was a little thicker, you know, and he was a quarterback. He played a legend as well. He started when he was a sophomore in high school, but Chad, Man, that dude was hitting hitting people when he was, you know, eight, nine, <laughs> nine years old. And, you know, there's stories of of, uh, of parents saying, listen, I, my, my son can't play if, if that Muma kid is on the field. So uh, it, I'm just so happy for him. He's such a great kid and, uh, you know, one of the most athletic families that, that, that I know. And I watched his, his sister, of course, grow up as well, and she's a basketball player at Gonzaga. So we could talk all day about the Mumas. They, you know, they're, they're special people. And uh, I'm so happy for him. I, I can't wait. I'll I'll actually watch the NFL because of, of Chad. Yeah, that was a fun night covering that. Um, that was. It was great seeing you there. It was great uh, that, you know, I came back and covered his senior year, All-American. Just a great yeah. dude. Um, and so are you, Blake. And I can't wait to see you on Saturday at the war. And I'm so happy that you're uh, doing football stuff because I know you're a football guy and um, yeah. I can't wait to see him in the, in the old war press box. I love it, Ryan. Thank you very much. Same right back at you. There's no one who I would, you know, want to follow uh, when it comes to Wyoming football or coverage of football than you. So I really appreciate you having me here. And, and uh, thanks for inviting me. This, this definitely was a blast. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks, Blake. We'll see you Saturday.